Dad Pod. This is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. Dadcast, we've, we've made a, a chronic error this week in that we've left the TV with the golf on and uh, Dave and Nathan are not paying any attention to the fact that they're live on air in the podcast in Dadcast. Hello. I haven't looked anywhere other than into your eyes since you finished your intro. Nathan hasn't, there's nowhere here. So I'm just having that terrible moment as anyone who uh, bets on golf has where the guy you backed last week is leading this week. 13 under par. Well, no, sorry, second. All right, look, no one cares about your bad golf betting, uh, Nathan. <laughs> How are we all? Good, yeah. So we put the call out for uh, people to get in touch with advice on days out to keep kids occupied, because we all know it's summertime, and that's the worst part about summer, right? Uh, Aaron McCallum has the best idea so far. Park the pram outside construction site, let them watch the diggers, crane, and dumpers. Allow them to soak up the colourful language of the lads on site. <laughs> How okay. long does that last for? <clears throat> Oh, four or five hours. I'm not sure Nathan's going to get either his lads into a pram at this stage. Just plonk them outside a building site. Yeah, so it adds a definite element of danger. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a toddler occupied or a, a baby of zero to 18 months is not difficult during summer or any months. Uh, We're talking about mobile kids. Four, it's four to seven. What are they going to do? Two to nine. Okay. Uh, Arthur West, hey lads, just wondering what was the name of the resort? I think it was Nathan Murphy was on about the all-inclusive one. Grand Castillo Tagoro. I think it's dreamhotels.com is where you go and right. you must have a few of them in different places. You need to book early, I believe. Well, <laughs> we booked last November. Okay, well, you didn't tell us that part. That, that was important That's the key for any holiday during the summer. Well, if you're going to leave it to the beginning of June, Jared, to organise your life, don't blame me. What's the point in giving advice on a podcast that goes out in May about this amazing holiday that you've had? Because people who are organised, Jer, will be sitting down come the autumn and the winter going, what remember. do we do next summer? And I go, that guy in that podcast recommended this really good hotel. We should look there and they go, oh, that is good value. Other people will, this time next year, be booking the holiday go, wow, how's that six grand for a week? Yeah. Were the rates, when you booked in November, were the summer rates for 2019 were already out, were they? So... Well, we went I, I've heard of, of some places that are, they'll allow you book at whatever you believe that, that summer rate to be. So say you're booking for some place in Italy in October and when it comes to actually paying the bill, they'll say, oh, well, no, you, when you booked it what? in October, you were booking it according to our 2018 pricing. Did you hear this? Yes. What? Did it happen? Yes. Did you? No, not us. Have you got a bloody, have you paid your money and you have a contract? Yeah. Um, these people were asked to read the small print and there it was. And they were then asked to pay what was now the 2019 summer rate. Wow. And there was a balance at the end of the holiday that they had to cough up. Ah, no, I'm like, I'm sorry, like I've had my holiday. So I'm out of here. No, it's in the contract me. you signed. But, that, that, but I'm sure that European consumer law protects you like, I'm just saying people need to be aware of this because it's definitely... Oh, this did so not happen sounds like a scam. in the hotel I went to. Yeah, it does sound like a scam. absolutely like a scam. Well, if you were booking it in November, maybe that particular hotel, just what the rates are, whatever the rates are. Mm. But in, I, I, I do think we also there. may have gone non-refundable, which probably, again, saved about another three okay. or 400 quid. All right, so you're taking the risk that like your children will still be alive. That we'll all still you'll be alive. You'll still be married. All of these things. <laughs> Big risks. And the risk that... Two days beforehand, one of your kids doesn't 
get, get the chicken fall pox or something. Yeah. Well, if they get the chicken pox, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like the the level of illness needs to be very, very high for them not to be getting on that. Um, yes, you are smearing your puke all over the, the plane. But I don't care. Child. We've paid for this. Non-refundable. You're going. We're going. This is going to be good. Anyways, I'd, as previously, would thoroughly recommend it, Jer. I'll remind you in October, November to book it. Have well, they been in touch with you yet, offering, offering some kind of a promotional well, deal for 2020, given what you've done for them? No, has that farm been in touch with you? I, 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 <laughs> farm? I, I, uh, Clonfert Pet Farm. What are they going to give me, like a free pass for an afternoon? I heard a com- well, happy days. I heard a conversation um, in the office the other day about uh, a recently opened holiday venture that apparently is giving loads of freebies to people in the in influencers. Media. Oh, would this be in the Midlands? I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well, we're definitely not gonna say it unless. I'm not gonna say which which one it was. <laughs> and uh, apparently, the like the biggest danger is that you're gonna see one of your colleagues in the swimming pool at the moment because they're all there. Like the <laughs> the entire company has moved en masse basically for a couple of weeks over the uh, course of the summer. Yeah, the entire company that people on this you floor. work to to the two hundred people, people who work in people the group. On this floor. People in this floor, people on the floor above us. Were you one of the people in the I media was, that were asked to go? I was not. What's going on there? I, I don't know what the story is. We do a whole podcast about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. A good, a good uh, email here from uh, Alan Coffey, and I'm allowed to read your name. Good man, Alan. Thanks for that. I hope. I haven't read the I whole think I know yet. this fella. Uh, lads, I love the show. Myself and my wife have number two on the way. The challenge, given that number one is five, is terrifying. Well, that's a good gap. The five-year-old's going to be able to help. The five-year-old will be a lot of help when the new baby arrives. There'll be less proper rivalry. There will be no rivalry, really, apart from the five-year-old being a little usurped out of place in the early days. But there's not going to be the constant fighting. They're going to fight over the same toys. They're going to fight over the same TV programs. I know a lot of um, parents like to have the gap as small as possible, but there are some benefits to having a five-year gap. Uh, In two years' time, you'll be able to put the two-year-old into the car put the seven-year-old into the car, and the seven-year-old entertain the two-year-old for 20 minutes while you're packing up the car. Have Simple a point. stuff like that. There's definitely advantages. Uh, for days out, we had a great day at Clonfort Pet Farm, really affordable and plenty for the kids. There you go. Good Yet on. another mention for them. Yeah. Uh, that said, the annual family pass for the zoo is worth the initial outlay. It's been a saving grace on a Sunday morning when you need some time out of the house to give Mammy a rest. Would highly recommend. Yeah, we have that. And we went actually just there Monday, Tuesday. Um, the f- how, how much is it? It's expensive enough. I know. I just I say it's expensive. I I can't remember what it is. Which? But it's the annual pa- family pass oh, the yeah, zoo. It's like but it's definitely yeah, that's not bad. It's definitely worth it. Um, we put my m- wife and my mother as the two pass holders, and certainly seven or eight visits a year. Is that a be in do, there? do parents listening to that go, "What a dick move by McIntyre," or do they go, "Wow, that's genius. He never has to go." <laughs> no, sure. I was there Tuesday. I just have to be there with okay. either my mother or my wife. Turns out you don't really. They're, they're totally fine. I've heard some people now are being asked for extra ID because they're a bit scooby dooby as to what pass is being handed over. Maybe you get away with it sometimes. 185 quid. Right. Okay. No. The we thing have is, one for Airfield. Oh, yeah. Which is right beside your house. It's right beside our house, so we're at the zoo. You have to go to the north side. It's great for us because it's close to us. It's not that close, but uh, certainly Airfield, we only had like an hour and a half in Airfield one time, but it looks amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a inner city farm. 
got lots of cows. And I mean, pigs. it's inner city. It's Dundrum, so it's like it was always the countryside. But <laughs> it's yeah, inner city. It's inner city it's is the, pretty rough. Yeah. Oh, it's in the hard the main streets of Dundrum. The walk from the Lewis to Airfield. <laughs> anything could happen. I am starting to get a bit bit sick of the zoo, though. Like, there's only so many times I can look at the hippo enclosure and <sighs> be interested. The magic. The magic <laughs> is gone. If Adrian, Barry, the la- if Adrian Barry was here, you'd be getting a He's not, so good lucky, old talking enough. to about going to the zoo on a regular basis. Why? Is he anti-zoo? Yeah. The whole philosophy of a zoo? Yeah, but I think that's based... I mean, we've had this conversation a million times drunkenly, so I'm not going to rehash it, and I'm certainly not going to make his points for him, but part of it, I would argue, is based on the old concept of what zoos were. Now zoos are conservation yeah. outlets for animals that are in, and uh, species that are struggling. Like, uh, that was perfectly natural for a hippopotamus to be living in Dublin. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> Your kids think it's great. I'll have to Absolutely. Have, yeah. So what's the important bit here about you getting bored and you wondering about the hippopotamus living in Dublin? Your kids love it. Oh, that's all. That's the only thing that matters. My uh, boredom or lack of interest is utterly irrelevant. And do you not like spice it up by going to the, the reptiles and the, the creepy spiders? And they've, they've, they've got new... Yeah, we go, go to it all. New bats. The reptile house is Every inch of it we see. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wrecked coming out of it. Yeah, absolutely wrecked. Yeah, but that's the that's the best part of it. Everybody else sleeps very well. The um the thing to do is not to is to go off and, and for a short yeah. time. The first couple of times we scoured every inch of the and place. But now it's like we're gonna go and see We're the here monkeys. for two hours and yeah. we'll see the gorillas, the reptile house. And that's it. And maybe you'll spot a hippo on your way around that part of the uh, the premises. But no, we never cover it all. Bring a lunch. Mm. Oh yeah, but bag there's a bag full of snacks and food and grub and smoothies yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But no, it's a great way to kill it. If you can, if you can, look, it's like when you're considering whether or not you should join a golf club, 1,500 euro for the year, whatever it is, how many rounds of golf am I going to play? Am I going to end up paying 200 quid a round by the end of the year? Yeah. So if you know you're going to get that's to why, the zoo that's 10 times. Dave brings up golf clubs and says, hello, I'm Dave McIntyre from Sky Sports. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> if you know you're going to get to the zoo 10 times, you're saving a fortune. No, totally. It's totally worth it. And, um, there weren't a whole heap of healthy options available when it came to food. I mean, maybe that's improved recently. But yeah, so you definitely. In airfield, do. they uh, grow the vegetables. Food, food right there. They grow the vegetables right there, and they, you know, the animal, that, that little pig you, you really liked the look of last year. Well, there's your club sandwich. Nice. <laughs> do they really? With the eggs, with the pig. That's yeah, great. Are they killed and slaughtered the and gutted and. On sure, the premises. Yeah. yeah, they get the milk from on the cows. Site. You can hear not the pig squealing. Not on site. <laughs> I don't, I, but they. I was there on Monday and there was That was a joke four little baby pigs. Four there, little baby pigs. What do you call baby pigs? Piglets. Piglets. <laughs> baby pigs suffices as well. <laughs> and the uh, the previous extremely large adult pigs were nowhere to be seen. Right. So yeah, there seemed to be an awful lot of club sandwiches. There seemed to be an awful lot of bacon on the menu. It's um <laughs> the circle of life. It's an opportunity yeah. to explain that like yeah, my kids are obsessed with telling each other that they're eating pig, what animal they're eating. It's like I don't eat pig, but you're eating it right now. <laughs> and they make the noises and like <laughs> Oh God. So And uh, yet they continue to eat. We had a um in terms of occupying children, we had a magical week of occupying our children. So they weren't doing a summer camp this week and we went to Airfield a couple of days, but they've suddenly discovered the world of make-believe and have started playing with their Lego. I think Tuesday and Wednesday they spent six hours both days in their room playing wow. with their Lego, with this imaginary world. Not a crossword was spoken They're by Playing together. Of. Playing together. That's like fairy tale. Unbelievable. Because it's obviously non-competitive, they're just actually 
somehow working together for this imaginary world. How did you introduce the imaginary world to their... We didn't. They literally, like, they're, well, the older lad is obsessed with Lego anyways, but they just started in this, built a fire station, started imagining things, and, like, even this morning, an hour in the room, not a word out of them. That's amazing. I have no no idea screens. What's going on. No I don't wishes. Know how long it's going to last. Yeah. Enjoy it. It's one week gone. Lego's class. Yeah. One, one week gone. Our fellow's absolutely obsessed with it. The girls would do a bit of that, but then it would be a row about who's the boss. <laughs> or, like, you know. I mean, it, it's fine for a while, but then it degenerates quite quickly. Well, everything's fine for a while. Everything ultimately ends yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly waiting for, as you say, one of them to go, well, I want to do this. Yeah. But somehow they seem to have worked out a. The only problem with Lego is. That as they get older, it gets so bloody expensive. Does it? it? Is expensive. I mean, it's oh, even the smaller, bigger. You mean if they're buying like the Millennium Falcon or something like that? Oh, then you're you're talking eighty, ninety quid at that that sort of stuff. Least, yeah, yeah, but that's that's like a once a year you save up for that, or you ask Santa for, right? Yeah. Mm. that's not like. Yeah, we went. We got some Lego the other day because um, Jesus, God love me, had to get his his meningitis jab because you know you know the way some there was a cut off. Kids born after, oh, yeah. born before a certain year, didn't get it. Free for everybody after that, and yeah. <coughs> so the older fella never got it. Five hundred quid, three, three hundred, two, two parts, one fifty. Right. And uh, first time he was going in, didn't know what was going on, obviously, because he'd never been in this building before. He knew about it when the needle was in his leg, but until then, he didn't know what was coming. Second part, obviously, I had to take him out of uh, summer camp early. And um, where are we going? Why are you? Why have you picked collecting me early? We have to get the second job, and just he was inconsolable. He couldn't believe I was driving him to this place again, <laughs> knowing what was going to happen. Worst man in the world. Wow. And uh, like he, in the car, and he's begging me not to, please, Daddy, don't do this. Oh, no. <laughs> don't make me do this. I tell you, the bravery of this fella. Once we walked up the driveway, he'd stiff up her lip. He sat there with me, knowing that when as soon as we got the call, he was going to get this ginormous needle in his leg. And he just took it. And I said, right, we're going straight to Smith's now. And we got him a brilliant piece of Ninjago Lego. And he hasn't let it out of his sight in, for the last week. Right. And you're not getting him a screen, you're not getting him chocolate, you're not getting him some piece of plastic shit that's going to end up in the bin and yeah. contribute to the ever-worsening plastic problem in this, in this world. I mean, Lego doesn't that, really... That, that Lego will just disintegrate, I'm sure, over the coming <laughs> yeah. centuries. It doesn't... <laughs> break easily. It doesn't break at all. As long as you keep it all it's together, <laughs> ultimately everything goes into the same big box and it all gets recycled to build something else in six months' time. And the more time they spend on the Legos, like the better. You're not having it in front of a phone or an iPad or a TV screen. Exactly. It's a great idea. My parents came to the, the house this week and, and brought with them um, a tiny little Snoopy that they found in their garden that I'd buried 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly formed, wow. not disintegrated at all. I was looking at it going, oh Christ! Like plas made yeah, of plastic, plastic. Yes, it, the, our society is fucked. Wow. This yeah. is like, as a two-year-old, I dropped this in a garden forty years ago. Well, all the scientists of this world need to do is find a way to make plastic healthy and nutritious, <laughs> because <laughs> to zap it. We're apparently we're consuming a credit card-sized piece of plastic. Is it a week? In our food. Yeah. Oh, and, oh. and the air, and the water. Oh, I didn't know that. A week or a month. I don't know if it's a week or a month, but there's a credit card piece, sized piece of plastic we're ingesting every week. And That's why I'm constipated. 
Yeah, that's right. So if we can just make sure we get it, we're getting sufficient nutrients out of that. Well, I we'll just, be grand. just want to put that on the record there. I have porridge every day, so I have no problems. Uh, Ronan Lanigan says, two words for the best day out. Tato Park, best day out in the country for the kids. Plenty to do for younger ones as well. Yeah, it's on our list, definitely. I'm careful of uh, ruining it for ourselves. We go, I think the last three years, we've gone the last day of the summer holidays when a lot of the kids are already, are back. already back in school. And it's pretty quiet. Okay. Because otherwise I think... Well, I'd imagine like any of these places. It's just jammers. Yeah. An issue. It's definitely on our list to go. So, yeah, well, we'll put that one down. Yeah, I'd be if, uh, definitely not going in the heat of the summer. Like, no. avo- avoiding the zoo in the summertime when it's full, the, the value from the zoo pass is in wintertime when it's empty. Yeah. It's great. So it was packed there on Tuesday. Well, it's also the bonus, though. You get to skip the queue during the summer, so you feel good about yourself. With the, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't mention. Yeah, if you get that annual pass, you've got your own separate gate. There's no queues, there's no issues, you're in and out, yeah. no problems. The VIP stuff. Yeah. Um, we had uh, two things, the, did I talk about, I didn't talk about the graduation ceremony for the, um, for the Montessori. Oh yeah? My God, there was more tears than there, is it a mafia funeral wedding? From like, parents or children? From parents, the children were like, why is everybody crying? And from the teachers and like, it was class, right? So they all had to stand up and say a little poem that they learned. They'd all learned individual ones. And then they sing three songs and then there's like a little bit of Prosecco and wine for the parents. Yeah. And uh, cake and fizzy stuff for the kids to send them home. Woo! Uh, but the parents were definitely totes emotion. And it was pretty emotional. What? Because it's a passing of time, a moment. You're we had ours just two weeks ago. and You were like, no big deal. Cold, hard, I didn't. Hard. No, I didn't really. I, may, I think maybe it was a little bit different because we knew we were going to be in that Montessori for the next two years anyway. Okay. For the other fella. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so this so, is the end of that Montessori in our lives after... Right, okay. But the, the, like, the teachers were definitely emotional. They were because they're, they've had these kids every day for two years and it's well, they, some of which they will not see ever again. Uh, ours have been there four years, basically. So, uh, And they had photographs over from like this tiny little bean all the way up to what she is now. Um, and then the other thing that we had was uh, at the end of the week of um, the camp, there was a talent show. Never go to your child's talent shows if you can possibly avoid it, because they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, absolutely. Well, what were you expecting? Are they, like? are they shit and? Most of the kids are shit, and then there's one really talented child who zero. ruins everybody else. <laughs> there was zero, zero uh, really talent at all. No. What, did you go in with some level of expectation? I was like, I wonder what this is going to be like. This is going to be so like a concerto. I, in fairness, I, I, I'm, I'm telling the story against myself, but I was a terrible, terrible parent uh, the night before because um, everybody has to do a, a party piece. Now, they, the reason that everybody has to do a party piece is because they pick the best ones, and then the best ones go. There was one good one. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm wrong. There was a brilliant magic trick, which was hilarious. That was great. But because um, it was like, it was funny. Was that your kid? No, it wasn't. <laughs> but all the rest of them, um, it, it just. All the rest were shit. All the rest were oh shit. My God. It was, it was just I really hope, I really hope she's not listened to this I came out in a few years. We, uh, we all left somewhere to be here on purpose and we're sitting through this. They shouldn't, they shouldn't put on this show for the parents. They just don't need to. Sorry, right? is this a, a star camp? I'm not telling you. But Sorry, yes. but you've paid your kid. So you, you've paid for your kids to get rid of them for a week and then you should take time off work to go and see them at a shit show. Well, <laughs> this is precisely, so harsh. Precisely. Here's the thing, right? So uh, instead of saying do your gymnastics because you're great, 
um, she wanted to play the tin whistle and she did some of the tin whistle stuff and she'd never practiced. So you can imagine what it sounds like. <laughs> but then I get there on the Friday and it turns out loads of people who'd never practiced are doing, doing the things. I'm like, I should have just let you do it. It would have been fine. And I was concerned. I'm oh, sorry, you prevented her from doing it. And I said like, oh, you should, you know, maybe sing, right? Because that would have been... She did sing. I think she sang, yeah. Um, but I should have just get out there and do the tin whistle. It would have been totally fine. It was bad. But what was your part. fear that she My might... Fear that she might open herself to ridicule. But it turns out that it would have been totally fine. Everybody was crap. That's not Did this you is not you. This is not Jared's best. No, I'm this not. This was not your best work. I, t I told I'm t I told you I'm telling the story against myself. <laughs> it was like a, but it was fear. It was parenting from a position of fear as opposed to and actually just not thinking it through. Do your gymnastics at class. Yeah. Yeah, your kids going up on stage is always a worrying moment. Well, they do they're all just part of the it, yes. Like yes, right? You know, these things can go horribly wrong. Yeah. They can be scarring are they though? I don't know. I, don't are they, what see, I think, seven, I think the fact that we put so much pressure on it can make it a scarring experience. You're like, you know, it's a big day, it's a big day. Do you know what? Go, do your best. Oh, I, I 100% Do you know agree. your lines? Do you know your lines? Um, I 100% agree. It's the never in my life was I ever nervous until my ma would ask me, are you nervous? I was like, is there a need for me to be nervous? I've, I've told you about 15 times, please don't ask me if I'm nervous before stuff because that makes me nervous. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, I know, I'm kind of I don't know if you just did it to wind me up or to make sure I was on edge or whatever, but I wasn't until you asked me, Mum. Well, there you go. So, I'm just passing on. Okay, no, that's interesting advice. It's we shall make sure we learn from your mistakes. What, what are we learning, though? Let Not them, to go. Let them, let them go. Don't go. <coughs> Number one, uh, under, uh, I'm busy. I have to go. Oh, Someone has to bring her. Oh, no, she's there anyway. Oh, she is there anyway. Oh, she okay. pick her up as, as normal. But Does everybody, did it, every, every child's parents are there? There was, lot, there was lots of parents there, and we all had similar experiences, so I'm not, uh, I was like, oh my God, I have to sit through this. And there was like four different sections. How long did the whole thing take? About an hour. <laughs> About an hour. I mean... And what was the magic trick? Um, I can't really remember. Oh, there was like, there was two, two different ones. They were, just, they were just good. It was like, this had been practiced a thousand it times. It was an oasis in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to look at it like the way you do and react the way you do when your child shows you something really shit and you have to like go, oh my God, that's really good. So like my two-year-old come in at the end of the day, a crash, daddy, daddy, look what I did. And it's basically just a page with scribbles all over. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm go <laughs> going into the school on a Friday morning and they're bringing me around showing all the pictures on the wall. I'm like, which one's yours? Like this one, hi. What is it? What is it? <laughs> and all the girls in the class of these perfectly manicured pieces of art. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, well done. You have well to done. tell them it's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. There's, a, there's some kind of art competition ongoing at the moment that they're pretending to knuckle down and do an entry for. And so the eldest is like hard at work and the middle one is kind of copying the eldest. And then the little one is like, oh, I want to enter too and get the page. And the middle one comes over to me and whispers, he's not going to win because he only does scribbles. <laughs> Laughs, laughs, laughs at him. I'm like, wow, you are such a bitch. <laughs> She's a, right, though. That's the, bitchiest, that's the bitchiest thing anybody's ever said in this house. But actually, I'm kind of proud of you. <laughs> She's just telling like it is, Jer. Uh, she is. She's, She's she John Hartson of our family. Make your career on that. <laughs> just tell it like it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm enjoying my free gaff at the moment. Oh, I thought you were going golfing. Well, that, that's both. Sorry, wait. I am. It's I all part of the free gaff. Away. 
Golfing. I'm going. Oh, that's in a while. Okay. Sunday. I'm heading over Sunday, but I, this is day three of the free gaff. It's an existence that I had long since forgotten. It's a way of life that I once enjoyed but never cherished. Oh, you totally wasted it. When, you, when you could have done it, you could have totally it. wasted it. Well, you didn't. You just, you know, you just enjoyed different things. I just didn't appreciate it at the time. So what are you doing? I mean, apart from the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the <coughs> first thing. Doors closed. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> it's like, it's just go, that's it's his go-to it's a tradition. move every time. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I. <laughs> it's just going to move every time. <laughs> just being honest, telling it like it is, Dave. After that's done. <laughs> what, is, what, is, what do you do with the other 23 hours and 55 minutes of your day? <clears throat> I'm going to be the. Uh, I'm going to take the moral high ground here and just move on from this. I'm just <laughs> playing a bit of golf and going to the gym. And it's not, but it's the sheer lack of. You, do no, you no longer have to involve anybody else in your thought process when it comes to deciding what happens next. So sorry, you, they've gone away on holidays? Yeah. Right. And um, you're not doing anything you could have gone to for this week? No, I'm working tomorrow. Right, but... I have to be around every Saturday. Okay. For, for GA. So I'm going Sunday to Friday and then back okay. for next Saturday's okay. GA. But um, there's two, about two stints of four to five days where... You're on your own. On my own. Now the house is unbelievably quiet. Like, I walked in the other day, closed the front door and just thought, this house has not been this quiet for five years. Yeah. But... I found that a little bit eerie now. It wa- no, it, at, fir- at the first day, it was like, this just doesn't sit right. It is, the house feels very empty. But it was an interesting feeling on Wednesday. I picked the two boys up from summer camp and I was bringing them to their nanas. That, that, they, that was the departure location they were all heading from their nanas to go to Dublin port to get the boat and I felt like <clears throat> a father who only gets to see his kids say maybe every weekend or one day a week or maybe two days a week and then you have to hand them back to yeah whether it's your you ex-wife were, that or was your, emotional no it wasn't emotional but it was a it was a it was a weird feeling of what it might be like to be in that situation right knowing that like well I'm not going to see them for a week now <clears throat> so that was a kind of a, an eye-opening just sense that I was getting as I was dropping them off. So don't and do anything to cause a divorce while your uh, wife and family are away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the other feeling was that <clears throat> I had them pretty much to myself Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, firstly because my wife needed to get all the stuff packed and everything. And then she was working for two days and they were as good as gold, like as best on their best behaviour. We had a great time. We did all those things I was talking about, zoo and beach and all that kind of stuff and so when I was saying goodbye to them on Wednesday I was like Jesus I'm going to miss these lads like they're just amazing it would have been a very different feeling had they been wrecking my head for the previous three days that's good though and I would have been like I can't wait for Wednesday to come so I can get rid of them but um, yeah heading over Sunday but there's photos are coming back now with the bounty castles and the water and I'm just going oh I'd love to be there but just two more sleeps Right. Two more good sleeps. Well, two more. I, there, are, there, are no, there is no such thing as a good sleep. I was awake at half seven this morning despite being in the pub last night till midnight. Couldn't go back to sleep, so I was up at the same time as I would have been if the two lads were knocking around the place. And uh, you same you yesterday to morning. You the afternoon drinking thing. That was your, that's your, don't be doing yeah. the late night drinking. You can't, you're going to oh. need to recalibrate your lifestyle now. Afternoon drinking. Very hard to find. Who do you go drinking with on a Thursday afternoon? Well, I mean, it turned out the whole city was infested with drinkers. Were they? Yeah. I was driving back from um, 
Turn back from Leperstown last night around half half eleven, and every pub had people standing outside. Yeah, but not yeah. three in the afternoon. Though. I know the city's felt really busy. Yeah, Everywhere's busy at the minute. It is one of the worst things about having children, though, is that you can no longer sleep in the morning, no matter how yeah. over you are. Especially in the summer when the lights stream through the window and you just can't roll back over and go to sleep. Well, I think I'll sleep in the attic tonight because that's got a blackout blind on the skylight, and I should be able to get a bit more, a bit beyond seven thirty in the morning. I woke up at seven a.m. last week in Lahinch after. A night out with Kieran Donahue and Mike Night out. Where you convince him not to do shot clock. I, uh, Pricks. I did not convince him. Trust me. Trust me. Well, I think I convinced him because I said, there's no way you're going live on air from this bedroom with me in the bed beside you. <laughs> I woke up, but I woke up, that ter- the sun shining in. There was too many people in the room. It was three men, two beds. It was sweaty. I woke up at seven o'clock, my head was pounding. I'm like, no, no. And somehow I forced myself to go back to sleep for another two hours, which oh, was, worked. thank God. So that's why we didn't have any live updates from live from the course from our entire team <laughs> who were down at Lynch on <laughs> Thursday morning when the Irish Open was in its pomp. It wow. does show you how conditioned your body becomes to be up every, early every morning, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, There's does. no one there to wake you up, you're still awake. Yeah. So what are you doing in the evenings? Aside from the obvious. <laughs> Last night I went out. Oh, who did um, you go out with? Just friends. You know, I do have friends outside of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, the previous night, what was I doing? Can't remember. I had a couple of beers. I watched a movie on my own with a couple of cans. That's good. Oh, it was great. Because there's nothing, I find the odd night or the odd day that you get to yourself, I have all these in my head. There's a million different like documentaries and movies I want to watch. And then I realise I've sat watching Sky Sports News for the last two hours. Oh, what a waste. Come on. Anything. I've knocked Sky Sports News in the head. Yeah, like I don't a, go near that. But I was, you just get addicted to it. Yeah. Every 10 minutes I was thinking, shit, I never turn on the monitor. I haven't heard anything from upstairs. For Still have a monitor? Well, when the two boys are in bed, in case one of them wakes up screaming, well, we're still downstairs. We don't use the monitor at night. But after they're in bed and we might be downstairs watching something or eating our dinner, we'll have, have it on just in case a row breaks out. That's like <laughs> never <laughs> happened. Yeah. So um, they need to yeah. be able to sort that stuff out themselves. But it's, I miss them terribly. But it's great at the same time. And any parents out there that get this opportunity, enjoy every second of it. And if you're listening to this podcast, of which I know there are some listeners who don't have children, particularly listeners oh, who maybe are expecting their first child, go out every night. Go out, yeah. do stuff, see things, watch your movies, travel as have far your beer. as you can. Yeah, it's uh, and as enjoy and make can. sure you take you check yourself and you take that, those moments to appreciate and enjoy it in get, the moment. Get cheap flights to go to any old shithole across uh, Western or Eastern Europe as yeah. often as you can. Yeah, because those days are coming to an end. Yeah, um, I, I, traditionally I would have like four or five days every summer. Where that happens, but it looks like this year might not happen. <laughs> what happened to your great proposal that you both go on holidays separately? Uh, I mean, there, I think there's a lot of support for that out there. People, people understood exactly what I was getting at. Well, we all understood what you were getting at. But great idea. But the, you usually get four or five days where you're at home. Yeah, because the, yeah. the, the, there's a trip up to the in-laws. It's very different when you're at home. Obviously, there have been times over the years where I've been away with work for four or five nights at a time. And yeah, that's great and everything. You're sleeping great and you're out and about and you're enjoying your beers and all, but it's, it's different being at home, in the comfort of your own home and that's the class. quietness and the tranquility of it all. Yeah. See, when you're married to someone from Dublin as well, it's different because they never, never go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you never get it? No. 
right? Never. Yeah. Like, you might get the odd And night would you not engineer there. something here now, like an owl, ah, oh, I think the kids need a trip to the Goyle Talk door or something, while during a very busy Premier League part of the season or something. I don't know. I'm like, trying to help you out here now. I, 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 I get if somebody has any thoughts on that. Do you not send them off to your, your folk out west? Well, the lads are going to my parents for the next couple of nights, and I was like, party on. And then I realised there's now a third child. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we had that for the first time ever. Actually, um, at the weekend, my parents took the the two girls for uh, two nights. Initially, on the Sunday, my mum and dad were up, and uh, I can't even remember why, but there was a, a chocolate cake going around. The girls had some of it and went completely apeshit on the sugar. And so, we had originally planned that the kids would be going there for two nights. And at the end of that, my mum was like. We just play it by ear. We we'll see how the first night goes, <laughs> <laughs> and if we need to drop them up again, we will. I was like, oh yeah, okay. I mean, I'm sure they won't be this bad. But and then when they got there, they were incredibly well behaved, and they stayed for two nights. And we had the third one at home, and that was brilliant because there's like there's two of you and only one person. You remember that time? Yeah, when two v one. Early. Like so, one of you played the sweeper role. Yeah. Now, in fairness, it was great for me because I got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did come home to. Uh, oh my god! Like I forgot that the girls actually keep him entertained because he gets up in the morning and shouts and shouts and shouts and shouts and runs around and runs around and runs around and then doesn't stop until it's bedtime and that's it. It's like um, there's definitely a different energy that he has than our other two had, and I, I wondered if that was because it's because he's a boy. I don't know. It's possible. I'm coming around to the notion that. So I know it sounds so generalistic and obviously doesn't extend to every child, but <laughs> like when I talk to friends of mine who have girls, it's just that he's a boy and he's just, at that very young age, he's just crazy. Absolutely. Happy to bang his head off the wall again oh, and again like and again, just for crap. Headbutting the fridge door for the fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're killing your brain cells at the age of two. We had significant milestone this week we've one definitely coming in the next week she's definitely going to start walking all right standing up for about 15 20 seconds i just can't get that little step now she's not 11 months yet which is a bit worrying because you know she's not smart enough to walk yeah so <laughs> so she's what time do they start crawling she's been, she's been crawling for about three months i've no Anything recollection of any of that chase the lads around the place but uh she's finally started to lift the bottle herself oh wow Dear God. So now at night, so she wakes up around five o'clock, six yeah, o'clock. Any concern that she might be turning into like a princess and, you know, we'll be manipulating you now for the rest of your life? Well, I That's a given, isn't it? I, I assume this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Finally, so we used to have to bring her in to the bed at five or six in the morning, give her the bottle, and then, particularly in the summer when it's so bloody hot, it's like she's half asleep in your arm and the sweat and the heat and I'm so bloody tired and I'm like I should get up and lift her back into the bed but then she might wake up and we're all awake at 6 o'clock ah all these things going through my head whereas now you just throw the bottle into the cot she drinks it and falls straight back to sleep that's pretty good god I've forgotten all of that wondrous how have we forgotten everything like that for me that was like 19, 20 months ago I was in such a joyous mood on Wednesday when this had happened like oh my god life changing oh yeah I remember those moments where yeah, he's actually able to hold his bottle up himself. But you forget the momentousness of those moments. And then it's you all been wiped clean. Then you went to Donegal and had a night out. It's like No, I didn't have a night out in Donegal. Yeah, did you not? In Guidor? I did like two pints. Like that counts as a night out. <laughs> I mean. And the worst night's sleep of all time when you're looking at your alarm going, I have to be up at six o'clock for a flight home. No, that didn't count, really. 
Didn't count, did it? No. That does. That doesn't. I wouldn't be putting that on the, no. the bad post. That was work. Work, Jer. Work. All work. No, All working. work. Uh, so, talk has already turned to Santa. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty quick. I know, yeah. So, we're, what, six months? Not even. So, maybe it's fair enough. But <coughs> we know what's coming down the track. So, he was talking about one of the big Lego sets. And I was like, well, why don't you have Santa for your Millennium Falcon? He's like, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be my second present. And I was like, well, no, no. I was like, I'd say that'll be your first present. There. No, my first present's definitely going to be a tablet. <laughs> I'm like, what I think so. Eight? Seven. Right. You're like, already there. God. No, no, I'm definitely getting a tablet. I was like, it, no, no, it's not that straightforward. We have to say you can have a tablet. No, I just have to ask Santa. Like, eh, no, Santa still needs to know that your parents yeah, are Santa, happy like, for you to Santa have is no, he's not a fool. He doesn't, he's not going to bring presents that the parents of the kids he's bringing the presents to disapprove of. Santa doesn't do, that's not how he operates. But uh, it turns out sometimes Santa makes bad decisions when he gets press ganged into it. You know, he, he, Santa is um, guilty of falling victim to peer pressure quite a lot. Well, particularly, <coughs> you know. I just, it depends who's he's who he's talking to. I think you'd be able to set him down the right road. And Do lots of his buddies have <coughs> tablets? Clearly they do. Well, also, it's that whole, he's the oldest. And the problem always with the eldest is that he's hanging around with boys who are the youngest. So their 11 and 12 year old brothers have tablets and Nintendos. Because then he was, Tattoos. well, okay, if I, don't get the, if I don't get the tablet, I'll just get the Nintendo Switch. I'm like... I would like a Nintendo Switch in the house, yes. I don't, uh, it looks very entertaining, but <laughs> we've already had Nintendo and it caused absolute consternation and it's still <laughs> unplugged at the back of the TV because all its chances to play it have run out, unfortunately, which is what they believe. What they, do you mean? They ran out of goals. There's only a certain amount of goals on a computer console, oh, we told okay, them. Right. So like, yeah, I know, you used all the goals. So and it just doesn't work anymore. It's gone, totally. It's still behind the TV. For, but they, they just accepted this. <laughs> but it caused that, like, I, I think I mentioned at the time, like, it caused absolute chaos. Fights. They, fights, but also the addiction level within two days of getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To one of the lads waking up. So we went from, oh, yeah, you can play it every so often, to you can play it on a Tuesday for half an hour after school and on a Saturday morning for an hour to him waking up at like five o'clock on the Saturday morning going, Saturday, it's time for Nintendo, it's time to play Mario, it's time to play Mario. They played for an hour, trying to get it off them would be killings. Okay. And then the mood for the rest of the day yeah. would be... I find the same with TV, the it, mood after TV is bad. It's got better, but it was definitely... Yeah. But oh, the, the computer, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I got, it was one of those retro Nintendo systems, you know, that right, has the yeah. games built in. It was like 60 quid, I was like, oh, I'll get that, it'll be yeah. entertaining. Yeah, it was actually a good learning curve because I probably would have been now going. Oh, maybe they can get because yeah. I think loads of the kids their age seem to have Nintendo Switches, but I don't like. Should they have tablets at seven? I don't know. Can you get? I presume you can get some sort of special tablets for kids that they can't get online and yeah. can't watch YouTube and they can only have educational well, you get, stuff. <coughs> Obviously, if you just get a tablet that has no built-in three G or four G and it relies on the Wi-Fi, you're just you just switch off the Wi-Fi. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but You're then they go, oh, there's a button that says Wi-Fi, on. Yeah, but yeah. then they have to get the password. It's, oh, it's underneath the thing. Oh, like, Daddy's had two glasses of wine. I, I have to know that he's putting in the password. And you put the PIN number onto the tablet that you change every week. Okay, it's all doable, but it's like a lot of effort. And then you're away for, you know, work. And uh, you come back and they've got the same porn addiction you have. Jesus. 
<laughs> not you. I mean, one one in general. I wasn't looking at you, Dave. You were, though. <laughs> I wasn't. As you said, you actually were looking at I, me. That was, just a, that was just a figure of speech. <laughs> a figure of faith. Wow. What's got into you? I just thought, you know what I mean? It's like, this is the whole slippy <laughs> slope. But you still... Wow. I, I mean, I wasn't actually suggesting you have one. You know that is going to be <laughs> one of... He said, a porn edition like you. That is... Like one has, one has, one has. That, it didn't that is, say one, though. apparently out there. No, I, I apologise, I'll take it back. That is going to be one of the tweets put out during the broadcast of this particular <laughs> well, I'll make sure it isn't. Have you, have you reported it like that day back there? No. Day, your, your wife's at holidays. You're having a relaxing <laughs> evening at, at home. Dave, what are you doing? Uh, can we Skype? Not right now, love. Well, oh, that, that, that escalated quickly. And that was all his work, by the way. No, it was, I, you were the genesis of I it. I backed away from it really quickly. You've, you've let yourself down a couple of times. Have your kids hour. got a tablet? No. No. Have they any interest in? Yeah, it, it, it kind of comes and goes, but um, uh, uh, it's a battle we all are going to have to fight at some stage. They're definitely too young. Like, do you really have to sit down at this stage and, and tell them about the grimness that is the outside world and go? There are all of these things out there that are trying to trap you from like the like the scams that are you just won the lottery to a whole heap of worse things. Like, do we really need to educate them about all that right now? Or can we put that and keep that at bay for as long as possible? You obviously want to retain the innocence of your kids for as long as you possibly can. That is completely understandable. I would, I envisage a situation where the parameters and the restrictions are going to be so tyrannical that after a short period of time, he's just not going to want the tablet anymore because it's not worth the hassle. Yeah. Having to come up to me, can I have the pin number, please? Having realised he can't actually surf any uh, games or websites myself because the Wi-Fi has been switched off. Having to actually go searching for it because I've put it in whatever place because he had it for his half an hour already today. It's not. It's going to be miserable for them. I'm going to make it miserable. Yeah, I like that's the bit of um, how difficult life is for our kids versus how difficult it was for us. Like we had a computer, it was the ZX Spectrum, it took ages, you had to play the tape. The tape had to have the volume at the right level, otherwise it wouldn't work. It took five minutes to load, it was like 50-50 whether or not it would load, and the game was shit when you got there, but actually it was the only thing that you'd ever played, so it was amazing. Now, everything brings, and because of the culture we live in, everything brings danger. And danger obviously sells, so yeah, we're all sucked into this whole world of you must buy this thing because it keeps this other thing that you bought because we sold it to you safe. Oh, really? Can we just not have nothing? Would it not be? Yeah. Well, you can't. That, that, see, that's all world talk. Exactly. And, and so I know you can't. So now you, yeah, now we just have to manage the world we do live in. And it is manageable, but it's, it's not going to be easy. It really is a constant battle to make it manageable, though. It's not a, it's not a once a day thing or once a week thing. It's like a, you're always on. Is this, is, it a, is this bit okay? What do we think about that? Like, if they could just make it all to 18. What age should your kids watch the news? I can throw them out of the house. I don't know, we, we watch bits of news. Yeah, because 6-1 came on, was it Monday? And like, there was a couple of terrible stories of that girl in Cork, and there was an accident up in Drogheda, was it, where the car rolled back on the yeah, girl? Yeah, seven-year-old, yeah. And like, these are the top two stories, and then I was, just noticed the two lads are sitting there watching it. Yeah. You're going... Really, what a, like what? What's this doing to six and seven year olds? <coughs> I don't think learning we, about the. I don't think you need the news on. Like they're gonna find out about death and tragedy 
naturally enough, like even remember when I was telling you is when we were reading Danny the Champion of the World and Dylan's asking me where Danny's granddad is. And I'm like, well, he's dead. Yeah. And how did he die? Well, he was really old. And sometimes when you get really, really old, you, you die. That's, for the moment, that's as much of an insight as is required. They don't need to know that death also comes in other tragic forms. They get it pretty quickly, though. Like, so my seven-year-old knows it, and so because my seven-year-old knows it, my four-year-old knows it because she told her, and it was like, and she's just like, everybody doesn't die, and it's all, you know, it's like, you get really old and you die, and she just says this now because she's four, but she hasn't a clue what it means. Whereas at least the seven-year-old knows, and so if she was seeing that stuff, I would be concerned that it would be having a like a an anxiety, mm. an impact of anxiety. Just checking the date there for um, Chernobyl was eighty-six. We just started watching it this week, um, only in first two episodes. And I remember that. Like, I remember because there was no, there was nothing to watch except the two channels and one channel was complete shite. And at least there was news, which was fresh stuff every day. And um, I remember there being this kind of panic, like not a not an out on the streets panic, but everybody was like, are we not out today? Can we? Knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and no, so I was well, 86, I was nine. But like... Our news that we grew up with, that our, my generation grew up with, was uh, a bomb in Belfast and war in the Middle East. And then another bomb in Belfast or a shooting, which always seemed kind of worse for some reason, like somebody took a gun and shot a person as opposed to let, left a bomb and drove away and then it went off because you look at the person you're shooting. And that was fairly consistent, like, over when we were kids. And I'd say it definitely has an impact in your outlook on life, that it definitely kind of seeps in somewhere along the way. Does it not? Well, I don't know. Seeps in in what way that it causes you to be anxious and panicky and worried about the future at a really young age. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I certainly didn't want to go to Northern Ireland, I remember. I remember going up when I was about 13, the George Best Soccer School. Right. Probably Charlton Soccer School, I think, was it? And it was in Belfast, and there was a gang of us going up to it. And like... Why? Was there nothing in Dublin you could have gone to? I don't think so. I think they must have only done it in Belfast or something like that. What year is this? So, was, so this was probably around 94, 95. So post ceasefire or pre ceasefire? This would have been maybe just... Was it before or after the World Cup? Post. It would have been after the World Cup. No, definitely yeah, I was older than older than that. So after, but just, but after, just in your head, all I knew of Northern Ireland was this is not somewhere you want to go. Yeah. This is going to Belfast, looking around going, anything can happen, happen at any second. Yeah. But there's no way of... Completely, you can't shield them 100% from but at what point do you introduce them to it? That's well, I don't the, know if the there's issue, an right? introduction process like there's an they age, just, is it 12? Is it, is it 10? Uh, no, like I don't think it's possible. 12, they're going to hear bad news like somebody in when their the news, school, the their father comes, is going to pass away, or someone's going to get sure, knocked down, or and that happens. But that's like, but when the news is, is on the radio and a story comes on that's like grim, what's your instinct? Turn it on, turn it off, turn it off, or in the last, I don't definitely know. in the last six months, it's been turn it off because <coughs> up to that, I sort of had in my head that they weren't listening. Yeah. But it's only now that, like, if off the ball is on in the car, they'll pick up on off the ball. Oh, what did he say about Liverpool? What, what did he say about Mayo? Right. So they're clearly hearing something. They got a lot of them. Yeah. Inter- interesting that uh, that's their concerns, right? <laughs> my kids will hear words eh? like there might be a movie, um, an ad for a movie, and he'll go. Did the guy on the radio just say uh, Shrek? Did I hear Shrek? Literally one word. So they're too young to hear, you know, 30 people have died in an explosion somewhere. 
but yeah, two or three years, I will probably have to decide whether or not I want to leave that news bulletin on because the the, the news is so tragic and so grim. But I just, there's just there's no point worrying about it. You worry a lot. Like you told us in last week's podcast that you have visions of your children's death on a regular basis. Mostly my own. Well, occasionally that. <laughs> Mostly your own death. Oh, that was I, that, I, that, I, that would have. I've had visions of my own death, and then I had kids, and I don't have that at all anymore. Either. Some of my kids, but definitely. I'm on the bike, right? There's definitely two or three times on the bike on every on every journey where I'm like, oh Jesus, I've just been sucked under that. Oh, and I, I will literally grimace, and I'm like, oh God, I hope no one saw that. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good to be wary when you're on a bike cycling around Dublin City. It is, it is, it's scary, it is scary. But um, well, the visions of your kids, I think it's just natural to try and anticipate possible. Well, dangerous situations that then you can alleviate. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is primarily based around the fact that, like, uh, that time that I, I had to take them around to the shop and the... Uh, oh, the, the pram got away from the me. The pram got away and <laughs> careered into the road in front of oncoming traffic and tilted <laughs> over while the bike crashed into the, uh, the hedge and was covered in, like, scrapes and blood. And I was like, which one? What do I do? Obviously, the bike... Yeah, uh, it's going to be grand in the long run. But like from that point forward, it was hard not to have this. <laughs> <laughs> this could all go horribly wrong here. <clears throat> yeah, I do think of you know them falling down the stairs and breaking their yeah. neck, or, oh. because we've had <clears throat> like we had a fall down the stairs about two and a half years ago from the top to the bottom, head over heels on the way down. And like, like I said to you before, my gym uh, bag was at the bottom of the stairs, and he landed on that. If the gym bag wasn't there. You know, who knows, it could have been a different story. Yeah. In the end, it was just a bruise on the back and he was bright as rain. But we said it before here that we've probably all avoided, you know, near-death situations when it comes to our kids. A vast majority of these incidents you're completely unaware of. Yeah. No one, no one ever knows how close they or their kids have come to tragedy because it just, the evidence was not there. Just that car didn't arrive at that split second or arrived split second later or the ball missed them in the face by six inches and you didn't even notice. Yeah. But, like, how much time can you spend worrying about these things? No, like, I mean, you can't sit down and go, I'm going to have my hour of daily worry. Like, they flicker in and they flicker out and it's just suppressing them enough for it not to become something that overpowers you and prevents you from doing stuff you want to do to prevent you from parenting from fear. Yeah. It's not easy to parent from a position of non-fear. Yeah, absolutely. That's the hardest thing of all. One kids, it'll be grand. Yeah. They'll be fine. I mean, they will. That's the thing. You know, they will be maybe, fine. Maybe not. I'm not sure. <laughs> what will they be fine doing, though? See, now you're freaking me out. What do you mean? Like, how will they spend their lives? Is that what you sometimes think about? Sometimes. Not, not too often. I should probably start thinking about that. Uh, well, no, I mean, but there's not. Listen, definitely, be definitely. Me, I have become more. Wait, wait. In the last couple of months, suddenly, climate change is something I've started to think a lot about. I'm like, wait a second. Like in fifty years, everything I read, a lot of it's probably scaremongering, but everything I read is that. Enough, it is. It's not scaring scaremongering enough. Well, maybe there is that. I'm like, in fifty years, if everything they say is true, like, where? What am I? Children going to be doing? Yeah. Like, firstly. Yeah. I would like to still be alive in 50 years, but like, they'll be 55, and what, what sort of world they're going to spend 25 years of their life worrying about the world ending. Yeah. Now, 
Most generations have had some existential fear about the world ending. If you were around at the end of the Second World War when nuclear power was unleashed, mm -hmm. and that, that fear <coughs> lasted, you know, the, like, again, the 80s were full of these pop culture references to the red phone and the nuclear code and the bombs are going to come and we won't know anything about them because the radiation will be so fast and fierce, so you, you know. Um, but actually, that wasn't true. Like, if London got bombed, we'd have a good few kind of days where their skin would be melting, you know, hands would be falling off. There would be enough consciousness to know... Well, you're only two episodes into Chernobyl, this Chair, isn't so good. I'm telling you. Well, there was some near screw-ups during the Cold War, yeah. whereby that button was extremely close to being hit accidentally. So uh, that was that generation. So this this yeah. one is not something that anybody seems too interested in fixing who might be able to fix it, like China and the US. Our government are doing nothing about it, like talking, well, talking shit. Go sort out those beef farmers. But you are right. Like I think about climate change every day, possibly every hour of every day. I've sat down and logged on to try and see what the first steps might be towards living a plastic-free life. And it's like it's incredibly difficult. There's a very good. Um, the first steps are getting politically active and making sure that any time a politician calls to your house, yeah. that you say... What are you doing on climate change? I'm not talking to you until we talk about this. And I'm not voting for you until you fix that. Yeah. Like, no, that. you're absolutely right. But be, I'm not sure how much I would th have thought about it before I had children. Because I think about when they're in their 50s, or what, what about my grandkids? What sort of a world are they going to be in? If you hear that, you know, some things, certain things come to pass, like there will be food riots in by 2040, well, 20 be, years away. There could be food riots in the UK in six months. Like well, that's could be. not climate change related. Well, that's like idiocy related. But it might be a window into what climate change related food rights might be in 30 or 40 years. But it's not just climate change. You think about, you do think about everything. When you, you think about, well, what are, they going to, what are they going to do when they leave school? Are they going to be good people? Are they going to be happy people? Yeah. Are they going to have friends? Are they going to have a job that fulfills them? Because it's such a pressurized world out there for kids nowadays, going back to how different it was when we were kids. You don't have any of the social media stuff. We didn't have any real pressures aside from maybe the bully that might give you a box on the football pitch or outside the school gates. <clears throat> there was none of the peer pressure that kids are going to have to deal with nowadays. But we will get better at dealing with it. Parents will become more educated. There will be more of a sample size, more experience built up from people you know that have children who are older than yours. Like, as difficult as the circumstances will become and continue to become, there'll be far more knowledge as well as to how to handle them, how to deal with them, the right things to say and do in certain situations, the right preventions and restrictions to put in place. Like, it's not all bad. I don't want people... I think people now will have finished listening to this episode and they are grimmed out, big style. Well, no, it's just that this is a real... These are real things that people are thinking about, right? And so it doesn't have to grim you out. It just has to make you woke. You need to do stuff about this. You need to address it. You need to think about it. You need to talk about it. You need to activate need to be part of the conversation that helps this, as opposed to um, watching it happen. I, like, there's definitely, I think, uh, I, so if we're roughly all in the same generation, the ones who came after us are far more politically active and motivated. If you look at the campaigns around marriage referendum and um, extinction, repealing the eighth. And like, I think that generation, we could learn a little bit from how in tune they are, despite the fact they took all that shit about being called millennials and, and uh, avocado toast. Uh, our generation had it really good, in a way, that, like, you know, just, just the right age to appreciate 
the power and brilliance of having the communication of the internet mm. at our fingertips, able to kind of still understand how it goes, but to have missed out on all the worst excesses of social media when you're a teenager and you were making your mistakes and you were like not quite sure mm. about not what everything was, right was being put on a camera phone or or stored digitally your crappy opinions when you were 15 and 16 and 14 and you were happy to go, oh, I'm fucking right about this. <coughs> to be fired back at you then, 10 yeah. years later. Yeah, and go, oh, you, you were a real asshole. You're a racist. Exactly. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, you know. Um, so we had it really good and got a bit lazy, I think, in the place. It was like, ah, it'll be fine. The, it's all going to be grand. The world will continue to grow. But the generation that come after us have looked at what's happened and gone, they can't afford to live in this country. They're always going to be um, tenants, uh, the world is literally burning to a crisp again and again and again. All the evidence suggests it, and everybody who's older than them is doing nothing about it. So, I don't know. That's I think talking about it is a good thing. Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm not saying you should avoid the conversation because it makes you feel sad. No, <laughs> that's just you know, you have to turn a blind eye to all of this stuff. We do have more pressing concerns though because I live quite close to Marley Park, and Longitude was on last weekend. Oh my god, what was that like? Dear God, never have a girl. You took the words out of my mouth. Oh my God. All last weekend, the amount of teenage girls I saw walking around the place and more than once I just thought to myself, I'm glad I've got two boys. Because boys, what do you girls, do as a dad? Just teenagers. The thought of having a 16 year old. Who hates you. Oh my you. God. Firstly, hates you. <laughs> exactly, for starters. <laughs> oh, no, there was no trouble at it. It all went. Perfectly fine. Well, there was a little was bit there? of trouble afterwards. There was definitely a massive amount of arrests made in Dublin city centre in what? the aftermath of it. Were there? I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the American embassy had issued a warning, don't go to Longitude. Yeah, but that was a lot of bollocks. Well, they only issue those when they think that something's going to happen and they've got information about it. So, but What was going to happen? Um, well, I don't want to talk about anything that... Because I don't know where the, where the situation is with regards to um, the event in question not longitude, but afterwards, there was a series of arrests and it was reported on, so I don't know if charges have been proffered and therefore I c couldn't talk about it. I didn't follow the story enough to know, but there was some shit went down and I, I, I saw everybody giving out about the Yanks saying, oh, you can't do that. Oh, what are they doing? What's that about? Oh, is that because it's rap music? I was like, probably not. Probably because they've got some information from the Guardi or somewhere. No, or but the Guardi, did the Guardi not pretty much disagree with the whole thing? Well. Like, if you put out a warning like that, the first thing you think is that there's going to be some sort of a terrorist attack. Yeah. <coughs> Not there's going to be a few scraps. And so, everybody assumes that because the Americans put it out that it was bullshit? Yeah. I don't. I didn't assume that. I thought that they have reason to do that. I thought that it was the Americans, probably, as you say, looking at this event, being incredibly racist about it, maybe looking at uh, who the headliners were, who the different bands were, and thinking... I don't think so there's a lot of people in the same place and there might be some trouble. I really don't think that was... Um, I, I think that... But they if they come out with it, why would the guards not back them up? Cause maybe they've got better information. Maybe they've got different information. Maybe they're not sharing everything with the guards. They've got access to the CIA and the FBI and a lot of shit the guards don't have. I just think that like, there was a, an immediate dismissal of this because Trump is Trump, but this wasn't coming from Trump. This is coming from a separate organ who... Anyway, there was trouble. There was stuff. But anyway... We, we digress. What was the issue about Longitude that made you think? Oh, just young people. No, it was just seeing them in groups walking down the street with cans in their hand and scantily clad. Is that what it was? Pretty much. 
Yeah, like that, I had those exact thoughts as in, like it's not going to be long before my two lads are going to be in that group. They're going to be 16 and they're going to have a can of Bulmers in their hand or any other alcoholic drink. And um, <laughs> Heineken is Dave. Heineken zero zero. <laughs> zero zero, Dave. But you know, we we were all in those groups as well, and everything turned out fine. Like I was walking around those groups when I was sixteen, going to witness and oxygen and Punchestown and wherever, whatever else, wearing bootcut jeans. Whatever I was wearing, I looked like an absolute dick. But I thought I was bloody cool at the time, really? and everything worked out grand. Right. You do too both sound like um, Grandpa Simpson. Oh, I know. When I was, crowds. I was, because even, <laughs> clouds. I heard my wife talking about it with one of the neighbours and they were all, oh my, and I'm like, I'm fairly sure now this is literally every generation. Just wear slightly less clothes. Yeah. It gets to the point where. That, but it, that's not the case. Were you not at discos in your teens? Yeah. They were wearing just very similar clothes back then as they are now. To say that the teenage girls of today are any more scantily dressed than the teenage girls of our day is You're probably naive. right. I was at those discos in South Dublin when I was in school. Nothing's changed. Ah, oh, the smile comes back. I was at those discos. Nothing's the changed. Glory days. Parents, the glory days of McIntyre. Mothers and fathers of those boys and girls when I was 15 worried about the exact same things that mothers and fathers of today's teenagers yeah, so are worrying about. Parents are always going to be worried. Uh, kids need to be taught self-respect and also they need to be taught that they're free to do what they want to fucking do. And it's getting that balance right. So don't do stuff that's going to harm you. And um, have a good time and yeah. be safe. Responsibility, look after your mates and, and make the, respect. Make the fucking lads take some responsibility for contraception. Yeah. All those problems existed when we were in our teens. Not really. No, we weren't getting in our teens. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, come on. Who am I kidding? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? No yeah. way. On that note. <laughs> on that positive note. Will you enjoy your next couple of nights, Dave? Yeah, heading off Sunday. Um, I won't be around for next week's pod because I'm not flying till the Friday afternoon, unless I do something from France Airport. on Skype, okay. which I'm open to doing. But, uh, yeah. Adrian Barry will be back from his holidays to oh. uh, tell us how he got on. He booked his last minute. Did he? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think literally they might have been picking up the car, booking the accommodation in, in right. for one part of it. But um, Right, that is this week's DadCast. You can uh, get us uh, at DadCastPod on Twitter. DadCast at offthewall.com for your longer missives. Or just use the hashtag DadCast and we'll pick it up. Good luck.